What's going on, everybody? It's me, Asad Hashemali, back again with another episode of Behind the Grind. And this time, we've got someone very special, just like all the other guests. This time, we've got Zen Omar with us. Zen, how are you doing? I'm good, Alhamdulillah. Thanks for coming on, man. You have no idea how big a favor this is, by the way. Well, I hate the sound of myself <laughs> on recording. Because anybody else, I tell them to fuck off. But because you ask, I said, okay, I'll do this. Right, I appreciate it, dude. But no, <laughs> this, this is, this is going to be fun. And I think, you know, by the way, everyone starts off by saying that. Hmm. And then when they see the final product, I've done this with Kazi before, bro. I've done no, this. you didn't I like it then? Hate, I hate the sound of my own voice, man. Like, I can't explain it. Let's listen to it later on recording. I think, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. in my head, I sound cooler and I come yeah. up more pained up than I, than I realized. All right, chalo. But I can't change that now. Uh, chilling. Chilling it, chilling it. But uh, the reason I've called Zen on is because uh, Zen is someone who I get in touch with every now and then just to understand what's happening uh, in startup land in Pakistan and get an understanding of what the financial markets are like. Uh, also, he randomly gets in touch with me to see, to get some insights from our industry at Backspace and at Alt Academy and just to test out or like spar on different ideas. Zen right now is the head of fintech at Creditbook. Am I right? Yep. But you didn't start off from credit book. You no. were in PE at so, once upon a time. Post MBA from Lums, I yeah. started off in private equity as at a fund called Baltoro. Okay. Mm-hmm. Based out of Islamabad and Lahore. You mm-hmm. had $50 million to play with. Um, yeah. Did three deals, one of which I was the lead associate on. That was in NBP funds, previously mm-hmm. known as NAFA. Mm-hmm. So that's the largest mutual fund company in Pakistan. So mm-hmm. Portoro acquired a significant stake in that. So I looked at that there. That's why I got to see a lot of the financial sector services, fintech. We did a lot of research in, you know, new trends and things over there. Nice. So I did that. Yeah. Then obviously I had the Kira. I had to try my own startup. Yeah. So I started uh, my own thing. It's called Zas. Yeah. Zyada Asani Se. Uh, it's basically a gig economy play for home services, uh-huh. electricians, plumbers, you know. Uh, when about was this? this? This was about 2019 end. So about right before the pandemic started. Okay. Um, Khair, didn't work. There's a whole boatload of problems with the model. It's a huge thing. Every other year, like someone, someone gets up. in. Yeah. Sakoon started back in the day. Yeah. And I'm still convinced, man, there's a, there's a great big problem for it. Mm-hmm. But there's some fundamental issues that I just realized I'm not the best person to solve these problems. And my actual vision for it was building up a massive network and mm-hmm. being able to do all of these things right but mm-hmm. i was never going to make too much money off it uber doesn't make too much money none of these plays actually are profitable as they seem mm-hmm. but what i never understood that no one did was your entire supply chain on the back so like my carriers and all of these guys once i get the data once i know how much business they're going and i'm bringing them business as well mm-hmm. there's a lot of scope to upper financial inclusion for them mm-hmm. you can lend to them you can get their accounts open you can get them Insurance, man, just simple for guys working in your gharga, yeah. maybe outside, people cry and say, why is it so expensive? But like mm-hmm. one mistake, yeah. he's dead and they don't have any safety gear and stuff, yeah. right? So there's yeah. all of this play that I wanted to do over there. Mm. But uh, then I realized that to do that is such a roundabout way and I'm not the best to build up the network in the first place. Mm-hmm. Put the ego aside. I hit up a seat. I knew him from before. I liked what Credbook was doing. Mm-hmm. And I said, if we're working on financial inclusion and particularly for these types of people, then mm-hmm. this is where I should be at. So tell me about credit book. It started off as a digital ledger, right? Yeah. So it's basically digitizing the accounts that mm-hmm. people do it, right? So it's 
not full proper pnls they run a khata which is you yeah. know they're basically their receivables and payables mm-hmm. and then there's their cash entries in and out right yeah. so we have the cash book feature which deals with that uh-huh. the revenue and expense side and then we have the basic ledger which is the khata mm-hmm. which is sort of like the account so their balance mm-hmm. sheet that they maintain mm-hmm. so start off with that and very simple premise right mm-hmm. which was that we'll help increase your cash flows yeah. right or improve your cash flows and the way that it works is that when you record everything with us mm-hmm. we send automated reminders out um to people free of charge we found that it makes them to the customers to the end users so you are a user yeah. you say that man zain owes me sir bilal owes me or whatever right yeah. uh on the date that it's due the payment will, the message will go out to them mm-hmm. reminding them to pay and it's just like think about it like a credit card payment right yeah yeah i never remember when the date comes up i remember when i get a message and say oh should i have to pay yeah. so just by doing that we're able to increase the cash flow so that was just one step in on the entry mm-hmm. and then the goal always was the company's got a very clear mission it's to exponentially increase financial outcomes for entrepreneurs right mm-hmm. so that's one step in doing it everything else mm-hmm. how are you going to go about doing that the different models and things to play out with it but the most obvious play is to lean into financial inclusion through proper fintech yeah. and sort of increasing their ability to earn through all through access to proper mm-hmm. financial channels so before we get into the fintech side of it like what about inventory management because then i could see that if you have this being placed in the stores then there's a lot of opportunity just within the confines of the stores mm-hmm. and the and the karyani ki dukans right what about that oh yeah so Kiryana specifically, uh, you don't really need an inventory management solution. Yeah, his shop is so small. He looks left, right. He knows everything. Yeah, it's in front of his eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're like a wholesaler, you have a lot of large other, you know, mm-hmm. multiple godams. It matters for you a lot. For inventory management specifically, there are a lot of solutions. There's some Red X something. I can't remember the name that mm-hmm. was on. There's something called Viapa, which is an Indian app. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of people use that. Yeah. Um yeah yeah a lot, lot lot of people use mm-hmm. that um so for the inventory specific side and it's not to say that we won't look into it mm-hmm. but it's got limited use cases you need to be very very clear every yeah. business is different certain types have a need for it mm-hmm. and certain types don't so you just have to decide who you're targeting and where you're bringing the feature out for mm-hmm. so um coming to the fintech side of it now what are you doing what's what's your role you didn't, i'm sure you didn't start off as in this none area card book i started off as something called product ops fintech which was basically when i left it seems like what do you want to do i said i want to work in product it's like bro but you don't know anything about product you haven't done jack shit on it as a fuck it bro i just want to make like financial products i'm good at that yeah. trust me uh so we started off as that i wasn't even a product manager Mm-hmm. but then i effectively became the product manager for what do you call it um couple of different tech players that we're doing then built out the team and then slowly it built up and elevated and i realized i'm not the best guy to do this specific role mm-hmm. but i know the broad strategy and what's needed over here so i sort of just said man honest to god i can do it myself or can have someone who'll do it better than me mm-hmm. and i did that once did that twice and i got the free reign to do that mm-hmm. slowly built up a team around me and executed myself up at the top over there like yeah. that but it wasn't a planned tactical yeah. move for my yeah. career it was just where could i add the best value so i just went wrong and landed Same. up here cool and what's what's the way forward like now what are you, what are you working on exactly man so right now we're looking at a lot of other things right yeah. um so we've got a mobile wallet feature which is out uh, yeah. just 
initial phases and mm. our competitors have it also right so dg khata udhar book these guys have it as well mm-hmm. which is sort of like a closed loop wallet with just one purpose mm-hmm. it allows you to buy and sell mobile load mm-hmm. right uh but think about it just from the perspective of a store owner mm-hmm. so it's not like the easy paisa app where you are buying yourself load yeah, yeah. this is when you're selling it to other people they've got like four little handsets Really yeah. small old Nokia phones, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Send an SMS code. That's how it's already being done. Yeah. But they earn very little of that, like very, very uh-huh. little. So if you are able to buy in bulk, pass along and share the commissions with them, mm-hmm. helps them improve their financial outcomes, help them earn more from there. Mm-hmm. But it's a very good way to understand a lot of complexities that comes with dealing with anything to do with payments mm-hmm. without having to go full deep into it. Okay. So that's uh, one thing that we've looked at there. We've explored what you call it. Um, on experimental phase lending lots mm. of different industries seeing how that works out so the way that i describe it is right now we are in a deep experimentation phase mm-hmm. we know we want to we we know how we're going to monetize not we have no clue right um but the question is how it's going to work mm. because you're doing something that hasn't really been done in pakistan before at least hasn't been done in scale mm-hmm. the way i keep telling people right now is and i even tell my team this it's about increasing the velocity of you know experimentation and your learnings yeah. just increase the velocity of your learnings and then you will have something really concrete to pour gasoline on hmm. otherwise like i don't i don't want to call shade on anyone man but like you can raise 85 million dollars and then do a pivot and then do another pivot and i i don't believe in doing uh-huh. that unless you're absolutely forced to no makes sense but um with with this right now like with the number of like iterations that you could do and experimentations that you could do what i really what stood out for me at, with what you guys are doing at credit book is just the design philosophy as a whole that like mm-hmm. it seems to be made with these you know, these businesses that actually would use your product in the first place there's a reason for that though because one of the founders is iman yeah. she's the head of design yeah. so usually design doesn't have such a strong voice at yeah. least on a founder level it's very rare to have across yeah. companies right uh and there's some design fundamental basics right it's called human centric design and stuff yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and that was just driven really deep into the dna of the way product is done yeah so other people we say they ship fast we say we ship smart that's not to say that we can't ship faster hmm. always pushing ourselves to be better but the primary emphasis is on it has to be done with you basically made something mind. sticky from the get go yeah, rather than trying to make it sticky yeah yeah but then so so keeping this in mind uh the human centered design aspect of it what what other opportunities like are you guys working on or that you see could be like a you know like a blue ocean as a whole right now ah uh, if you're talking about blue oceans there's one that we haven't touched yet uh but it's very very big it's the saving side right yeah lending everyone likes to talk because this you keep hearing about the tam and the mismatch and banks yeah, don't yeah. lend and all such a bit but everyone in their goddamn dog is doing lending okay like you know bazaar is doing it retailer is doing it either through a partner or something you've got moven you've got kist pay you've got everyone attacking yeah, yeah, lending yeah. from every different side cuz they're like acha credit pe ko yahan pe and what i see it happening is unless you're very very smart about the niches you play in yeah. it's going to get bloody real fast right yeah. um particularly when you've got players like bazaar retailer and all like yeah. that who are earning on two sides by giving financing and the margins they earn on supply chain yeah. so they're willing to take a hit also and lend even riskier hmm. to increase their gmvs also right yeah, so when yeah, when yeah. you when you're sitting with players like that it's it's a tricky market to play in so you have to be very very careful the reasons why i say savings is like a blue ocean right is because people assume that we're a country of broke people and there's no money 
they got people save people save yeah. to put this in perspective man there's this fin this this uh, crypto report i can't remember but the amount of money that was uh, what do you call it put into crypto from pakistan is about four times yeah. the entire mutual fund assets under management of the country right four to five times that yeah. Binance is the third or fourth most popular app. You go to a pan wallet, they got Binance on their phone. Yeah. So it's not that like they can't save. You just yeah. have to crack the UX. You just have to somehow find yeah. a hit. You need to partner with Vakar Zaka and get him to take it to the masses, yeah, right? Yeah. And there is money to be put in. Huh. People are just doing it in informal ways. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of players have seen that. Yeah. So I hadn't heard anything about it a year ago. Mm. Very recently, a lot of people have been bringing this up. So I'm very excited to see mm. what can be done there. Yeah. Because like I had someone from the team at Abhi come as well, and I was this was actually what came up that savings like yeah product type, but unfortunately didn't get much out. Hmm. Um, but when you talk about lending, explain to me how does this work? Because now it's like interest rates rising everywhere, right? Money is now seeming to be more expensive than what it was. How would the unit economics for this even work out in the first place? Because now what I'm also seeing, and I'm a bit naive towards this hmm. whole side. There's also this rush towards businesses now trying to reach profitability too. Hmm. They have to change their approach, and if you bring in lending into that, it just makes me feel like what's the spread that they would be earning on? Oh yeah. So if you can figure out a way to keep your non-performing loans, I'm going to refer to them as NPLs for the rest of the what are non-performing loans? But basically, say like the guy didn't pay you back. Yeah. Um. There's accounting definitions the banks have to adhere to, which is if he hasn't paid back by X months, it has to be counted as a write-off. But yeah. essentially, like bandha, your money is running away. Yeah. yeah. Or bhaga bhi nahi. Something happened. Bad his business debt, got yeah. business got burnt uh. and it's gone. So bad debts, right? Mm-hmm. Um. As long as you account well for those and you account for your cost of capital, so everything yeah. you described is increasing your cost of capital. Yeah. You can still lend profitably mm-hmm. if you're just charging enough. and this is something that my professor at lums taught me right he worked with the world bank and he worked in like india and china and all across the places right really mm-hmm. cool old guy lot of experience and he's like i should keep telling them the world bank also they like regulate this and there's a whole shadow banking industry built up in china that fueled a lot of their growth for the longest time yeah. with interest rates incredibly high and they're like this is unfair they said man worry about getting the rates to be fair later first at least get them access to capital hmm. because if it's too high at least from a business perspective there's a lot more thought going into it than just a consumer loan ke credit card mein jute khareed raha hu iphone khareed raha hu right for business perspective so the likelihood of it being a the, bad debt the likelihood of them more... making a sound decision if the rate is too high they'll know if they're losing uh. money on it because they can't afford it they just won't take it yeah. right some cases they might mismatch it but the likelihood of that is yeah, much yeah, much yeah. smaller right So the rate being high, you just have to charge a high enough rate, right? And you can get away with it. And you'd be surprised, man, how insane the rates go. Hmm. Just look at the agri sector, right? Hmm. Arthi on average is taking about dead so to dosa percent easy. Say hmm. it. That's like the kind of interest rates that are being charged over there. Hmm. You come and charge even fifty percent, which makes people's jaw drop and think, you know, you're like the biggest <laughs> what do you call it shark in the town. Yeah. And you're giving them seventy five percent off to what they'd already be paying. Huh. So it's. it's already being done it's just being done incredibly informally right hmm. if you look at one industry this is the textile industry exporters get paid late they pay everybody else late they pay down the supply chain late and everyone has priced this into their decision making because they know they're going to be paid 3 months later they're charging you 8 to 10% premiums on that right mm-hmm. and if you look at that as just a cost of financing it's fucking high interest rates mm-hmm. but you can get it's it's already being done man yeah. you can still get in do it better do it cheaper and have plenty of room to play hmm. but the key here is if you can control for the bad debts hmm. that is that is a critical part 
and this reason that they would still come to you is just because of ease of access and you've already got them hooked in not just ease of access man it's like ease of access and just the fact that they are getting if it's like for like rate to what they're getting in the market they won't come with you right yeah and also the understanding that if they do well you're able to increase because these guys are all hustling to grow hmm. you are just one option for them they're the chacha mamu taya they were people in the mohallas they have mm. committees that they're recycling they're scrapping together cash any way they can yeah. right so if you are just a good option and you're willing to grow their limit with them as well as they go on then they will very happily stick with you so interesting yeah okay so i'm going to i'm going to switch up and keep this interest rate point in mind mm. but like like tell me what's happening right now in uh in startup land in pakistan it seems like uh everyone is kind of on edge you know this drive for profitability growth conversations i feel like have kind of really like mm. boiled down um and things have become hush hush what's happening why is that happening as well man so basically what happened is so everybody knows like pakistan we used to it but mm. the last 20 years the western world hasn't really seen high inflation yeah. right um or they haven't seen it officially yeah uh multiple reasons for that one is a lot of your consumer stuff your driving around was subsidized by uber your delivery at home was subsidized by like delivery hero and guys like this yeah. so you weren't feeling it there mm. but there wasn't this feeling of that but as inflation yeah. goes up interest rates have to go up as well yeah. right it's a simple economic correlation that runs there yeah. and when interest rates go up the first thing that you cut are your riskiest asset classes mm. and vc money in a emerging market i think we're still technically classified as a frontier market so even below emerging market yeah, yeah. technical classification pe um that's 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 where we land this is the first thing to get cut yeah. so when the money dries up then you need to change your game plan yeah. you need to start worrying about profitability extending your runway doing all of this except i don't know i wouldn't say any one party is at fault mm-hmm. one thing i will call out on was the vcs that were putting money into some models that were just fundamentally unsustainable right mm-hmm. in the hopes that someone else will put in money someone else will put in money and then yeah. you get an exit before you just pay it all goes up the card and, huh. or something like that and a little bit is also on just i guess it's not even their fault they should have been guided by the vcs also on this but just the founders expectations weren't realistic right it's not to say like the money couldn't come in and to be fair no one had assumed the amount of money that came in in the last two years right like no one had ever thought that much would even come in mm. but in pakistan whenever money comes in right and i saw this in private equity as well it comes in waves yeah you have like two good years where it's all good then you have like a current account deficit or a political something happens okay mm. something it's, it's almost in like a five year cycle or something yeah. like that then you get like two three year dried up period uh-huh. or like anywhere from two years to five years uh-huh. then you get another two good years उसमें पैसे रेज कर दो एंड देन इट लाइक वीसी मनी का ट्रेंड वाज लाइक 2014 15 एंड देन 16 मेरा चांस इट होप एंड देन 9 18 19 पे यू स्टार्ट सीइंग दैट राइज अगेन एंड देन वेंट अप अगेन या एंड देन व्हाट लाइक इट्स कमिंग डाउन नाउ सो राइट नाउ इट्स बीन कट बट इट्स नॉट लाइक इट्स नॉट हैपनिंग राइट फार्मदार जस्ट रेज्ड या राउंड बैक बाय इंडस वैली कैपिटल सो इट्स इट्स लाइक पीपल आर स्टिल पुटिंग इन मनी विद द वंस हु आर टाइट राइट विल बी द वंस बिटवीन द सीरीज ए सीरीज बीज रेंजेस देयर देयर इन ट्रबल बिकॉज़ ओवर देयर एवरीवनस लाइक the ticket size is so big i got really think before backing it yeah before that is sort of buying like a lottery ticket yeah and the amounts are so small in the international standards mm. that everyone yeah. comes in by a little, little piece so. so so keeping all of this in mind and like especially how the vc firstly what is the vc model like like how is it different in the way it's being paid in pakistan versus uh, in the west or is it pretty much the same uh there are different vc playbooks 
Mm. Um, some of which you can see being played out within Pakistan, right? One is your Tiger Global model, which yeah. is you essentially become an index fund for everyone. So mm. it's Tiger Global, SoftBank, put tons and tons and tons of money, yeah. okay, uh, across a bunch of big bets. Yeah. Because you don't know who's going to win, but it's like it's called the power law, right? So your one big winner is going to make so much up that he'll cover all yeah. the losses and still put you in the green. So one playbook is like that. Another is that people. focus on specialty what do you call it um another one is like sort of the sequoia playbook hmm. which is Pretty do a ton money. of investments but you also take control of the country in your hand which you make sure that you're on the board you make sure that you're giving your inputs you flip the ceo out when you want to and things yeah, like that yeah, yeah. um because you feel that you are better placed to make those decisions going mm, on yeah. playing off your expertise right uh that's another one then another one is where you don't get hands on like that but you just make a bunch of small deals and you put a lot of time into each individual one and you give coaching guidance so there are a couple of different playbooks and all of those are working on pakistan i haven't seen anyone in pakistan really playing something so different from one variation of <laughs> either of these three uh everyone's got the, like zen capitals got a tons tons of deals put money here, 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 here yeah, lots yeah. of places atif avan doesn't put it all he makes mm. a few select bets every mm. once in a while um and then there are other people in the middle who are sort of like you know wrong by being too conservative is much higher than the cost of being wrong than playing with the trend of everybody else mm-hmm. because if everybody gets wiped out because of a global scenario anywhere else you go to work from there or anywhere else you go to start your own thing and raise again you get benchmarked against what everybody else happened and it's like okay they had a shit run this mm-hmm. is fine but if you were over conservative and you felt something is going wrong and you go against it right mm-hmm. and it doesn't crash then as in maybe a year later two years later three years later you suddenly look like the outlier who mm. was an idiot right so everyone knows big short you've seen the movie right movie doesn't talk about is that same playbook was done by many investment banks yeah. many of them just did it too early and yeah. they ran out of their money before the swing came mm, around yeah, yeah. so no one ever talks about the guy who was being just as smart they just timed it differently mm. and that little bit comes down to luck mm. like purely honestly this comes down to luck So what's the what, what do you feel like is is the is the landscape going to be like in the next couple of years Man uh keeping in mind like because in in Pakistan I feel like volatility has always been there is ease of business was never really there as such political instability has always been there as well mm. you know change of governments right now IMF loans you know us fucking fear of default and all that shit happening and with this new money coming in hot money traveling from one side to the other side next two years what do you feel like personal just like thoughts impressions man what's going to happen is there's going to be just a couple of ones that just fold up right it is what it is it happens all the time and there's a crunch some people aren't able to secure their runway in time and sometimes not even their fault man like hmm. investors who committed and signed everything just say okay i'm not giving the check what you going to do hmm. so in those situations some people just will fold up uh feel a couple of them would be forced hmm. to focus on the fundamentals right uh and the ones who 
come out of this period will be the ones that are really really strong mm. that said not all players are hurt by this right mm. some players benefit from all of these bad things if you are in a gig economy play where someone else can earn a side hustle mm. you're actually perfect yeah. product market fit right now right yeah. so you will still do well in these scenarios mm. it depends each one to each other right mm. uh but what i hope will happen is that couple of founders will just put their egos aside and do some consolidation realize man you want to do this we want to do this you've got x amount of resources Partner you up. put it together it's i call it the paypal example man this is exactly what happened in paypal yeah yeah peter teal elon musk they came together they both realized they went to war they're not going to do what they wanted to do yeah. they landed in a vision that what this wanted to do funny enough that was not paypal the vision to me read is exactly like what bitcoin ended up being this yeah. is an alternative to the us dollar yeah. but uh, they they did that and they were able to survive right i yeah. would really really like to see a couple of players as you know yeah. put their ego aside a little bit and come together for the larger thing because some of the challenges that we're trying to take on are so bloody big yeah. it's not going to be solved by people sniping each other left right yeah. and i saw that happen in that's one thing that i saw was good for the vc industry in pakistan yeah. uh they help share deals left right lots of people co sign on deals and everyone comes together and it goes like that private equity is different private equity is cutthroat this is my deal i'm guarding it code names for everything uh, is project alpha project ronaldo and all shit like this right <laughs> case you're talking about and someone over here is uh-huh. um is very, very very siloed yeah, you yeah. know me meri char into ke samne majlis bana di and this is what it is and what happened was it didn't grow big enough abraj happened reputation risk for every pakistani player in private equity hmm. and the money dried up abraj folded and went yeah, yeah. uh baltoro is still going strong but they should have been able to raise a second fund by now and that got delayed by all of this right hmm. uh gs bank this, had a like, fund also inflation interest this rate one heights. would have hit them again unfortunately uh-huh. but even before that right the okay. rf nakvi abraj thing yeah. that just scared a lot okay. of uh, people from uh-huh. being able to put in their money over there mm-hmm. um so if they don't come together to grow the whole market yeah uh this is going to be a lot of value left on the table and just left out with vigos but do you feel like over here we as like entrepreneurs even understand that because it's also a matter of what i feel like it's nice and pleasant to think about okay partnerships consolidations collaborations all of those fun things as well and i can see that working out it's a no brainer if anything and i'm like literally no one in that space but is like me saying ke yaar um you know alt academy could potentially merge with another at tag all together and give them actually a different separate like you know two different products all and you know expand mm-hmm. their market size and then work on uh, whatever growth they want together and same goes for backspace too um and these conversations that have happened we are i would like to think that we are wise enough to also know which opportunities to pursue and which not to pursue but mm-hmm. i feel like over here a um there's some sentiment around is that don't ask don't tell don't share my information this is me so the private equity mindset with the founders of these mm-hmm. v, uh, of these startups whereas the vcs are kind of thinking about okay if i keep sharing information then word is going to spread mm-hmm. um which is a good thing and a bad thing as well for the business to be fair not all vcs i give a lot of credit to this to i to i nisba nakfi kulsum lakhani yeah they used to do this industry report which is the gold standard for pakistan yeah. and they take all the research that they would do yeah. like give it to free yeah, so yeah, yeah. market bada huh. um if i took those guys out of it i don't know if it would have played out the same way hmm. uh but there's 
every every industry this it's not that everyone there ke dil bade and they working like that huh. but there just enough players to make it work like that huh. and one thing that you got on is very right is you need to realize whether it's the right point to do right so yeah. it's not to say that on paper like on excel it might work out and look good but the vast majority of not just in startups all mergers acquisitions things like this tend to be value uh, decreasing yeah. right because people take for granted just how tough it is to merge two entities together the most important thing that i say to come around to is why did you become a founder right mm. um did you become a founder because you wanted to be rich and like you know have mm. that chashka and be forbes 30 under 30 do mm. you genuinely genuinely care about solving the problem yeah uh if you genuinely genuinely care about solving the problem find another like minded person and the values and everything of the way the companies are aligned they can fit together and work together mm. then it should work out but i'm not sure how many of them genuinely are doing it because that's a problem or this is a big problem that's interesting but i want to be rich also and there's nothing wrong being rich right but what is the primary driver right mm. uh cuz i know people like this who i've talked to them so why don't you do your own thing he says man i can start my own thing or i can continue working where i am where i have a lot of power and influence and it's about making the decision on where can i add the most impact mm. and where i feel like it's better to do my own thing i'll do my own thing mm. and where i am right now maybe i'll stick with that and those guys when they if they choose to become founders those guys are the guys that i know will be able to think like this mm. right um but not i don't know how many players like that are actually out there in this mm. space so now based on your um, your network and you know about the vc space as well how many of these vcs would end up uh, i'm just i don't know why i just can't help but get out of this dark thought about what's going to happen in pakistan um but if one of the startups over here is like the 85 million the 37 and a half the 12 the 1.2 anyone fucks up and shuts down hmm. uh is there, or folds to keep it clean is that going to lead to some kind of like bad mouth like bad word of mouth or some kind of like negative sentiment towards investing in pakistan because again outsider perspective seeing how fast money's come in and seeing the scale at which money's coming in for i know grand scheme of things it's peanuts compared to what happens mm. in the outside world however the illusion of so few opportunities and so few investments coming in and having so much hype is kind of clouding judgment as well over here i feel i don't think that's going to be a problem now i think there's definitely a point early in the ecosystem where if airlift went down at the point back then it was such a clear outlier that it would have crushed the conference yeah. by now you got your bazaars you got like retailers there's been so many so it's like they were just right? say outlier that is like, diversified enough uh-huh. right ke okay ek giriya but baki itne aur khade hain right so it's it's not going to crush the entire conference but you're saying right? this based on the, the 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 difference in niches or verticals that they're in or you're saying this based on series a versus the rest series yeah, just b like, versus the rest just like amount the amount of money that is important it goes down the drain right uh-huh. like if they were to fail uh if it's like half of all the vc money that's ever come into pakistan just went down like in one company then it'll make people shit bricks mm. it's more diversified than that then you've got enough examples standing big standing tall right that mm. people are like okay they mm-hmm. understand this it's a fundamental part of the vc game mm-hmm. the vast assumption is the majority of startups will fold they don't make it all the way across the line mm-hmm. uh that that's the underlying assumption in the way that you invest in vcs yeah. so as long as you have enough confidence that there are enough opportunities coming up enough are able to break past in the different different levels right mm. then then it shouldn't be a problem so interesting so 
with all of this um how, how are things panning out for you guys at credit book now like what's what changes in your strategies have you guys done how are you rest- are you guys restructuring are you um you know focusing your attention towards one particular area now or continuing man honest to god the I'm trying to think of the only thing that i think that it's affected at all for our strategy is uh just like a little bit more focus on there's some like outlier wild crazy things we want to try that we just parked and saying okay let's try this later mm. but we're not that huge a company um total people are between like 60 to 70 people in the org uh I, i can't even remember the exact number because we still have people joining in but like everyone's doing massive layoffs we still we're still hiring on a bunch of fronts yeah. because six months back like haseeb who's the founder yeah. he's then we were talking he says bro the music's gonna stop uh so and it is, it is going to happen right mm-hmm. and he has an advantage versus a lot of the founders is because he has a passion for economics particularly in fintech right mm-hmm. so he was, he was very abreast of all these things is really looking to all of this right mm-hmm. and he says man just this is going to happen so have your strategy like this to begin with to account for this right so in that terms there's no deviation or strategy because this is going in line with what we expected to see happening mm-hmm. um but to be fair if it had not happened right now it happened a year and a half later and everyone else just shoo, passed mm-hmm. us yeah. then he he would look like a smart guy and be like yeah mm-hmm. what an idiot so uh, the conservative guy so the conservative <laughs> guy so this is an example of the conservative pie where it worked off well yeah. and you know yeah. went well over there so it didn't really affect us right uh-huh. we had this in line to begin with the team was very small we were always very tight about who we bring on mm-hmm. um there has to be increasing you need to be like raising the bar which each person you bringing in you can't have your talent level yeah. your average talent level dropping mm-hmm. and the other thing is just a very strong maintenance on the culture of the people you want to work with mm-hmm. so because of that we never went too big on like hiring shit tons of people mm-hmm. we were just always very slow careful take it and build it and everyone in the team is quite young also right like because you said culture what i've seen so i'm trying to think the oldest guy might be 36 37 damn that's, that's old. the <laughs> oldest guy uh outlier um so me and the founders were all on the older older end so like 30 you guys are the uncles the average age of the company sits at i think about 25 shit yeah that's a conscious decision so there's mm-hmm. a lot of debate between people right that you need to hire experienced people to help build it up from there mm-hmm. and we're like man if you want to do something different you can't have people coming in with baggage pick young people turn a potential and how do you get them up to where they need to be fast enough and i've i've seen some people like you know blow away expectations i would not believe that they'd be able to grow as fast as they did no. i i was skeptical of it i became a believer after working in this so we we made a conscious choice to be a company primarily geared around young people mm-hmm. but that is going to change as we grow into like a series b yeah, series yeah. d types because then you're going to have to come in and get like more the requirement of capacity like is different at that so, time so so then it'll change so i don't know how long we'll be able to uh. keep the youthfulness there mm-hmm. but for the stage that we're in now it's been working well for us so tell me i want to know a little bit about the culture because even before recording you were like it's actually amazing yeah how so what how is it being actually don't tell me how so tell me how is that being in like you know enforced or how is that being created okay so it's basically being enforced by a lot of painstaking attention and detail right down from the ceo all mm. of the founders everyone contributes towards it right but it's sort of 
I would say mostly it's like Hasib's vision of what he wants the company to be, right? Mm-hmm. The kind of workplace that he always wanted to work at, right? So that's where it's coming in there. And it's being enforced because it's there in a hiring process. It's a culture fit that you have to do no matter what. Yeah. Then it's in the values that we keep reiterating. And then we've got like an appreciation channel mm-hmm. on Slack, right? So when you give anyone can give anyone else a shout out, and usually when you give a shout out, it's always encourages you link it with one of the core company values. This is what I'm doing. So it's like bias fraction, right? Empathy with the coworkers, curiosity, pushing boundaries. So those are the particular things that are always highlighted, and it's drilled into you from day one, right? That the end outcome is not what we're giving too much of a shit about. If you live in these values, you will get to the right outcome, hmm. right? Eventually, but it's more important for the way that you get there to be done through exhibiting this. Hmm. You, I can't micromanage everything to a small detail to ensure the outcomes are always being met like this. Yeah. But what we can do is make sure that the basic fundamental ways of values that will get you there, are being those are being brought in. And it comes in very heavy. Every sort of a remote first company, every quarter, whole team comes in and they're mm. made sure that they're like, you know, they get to talk to each other and it's drilled in again. Yeah. Every month or so when the new joiners coming in, they get an AMA, they get a whole crash course and this is the values. This is what you're going to be judged against. Mm-hmm. This is what you're going to be done. Mm-hmm. Even in your performance appraisals and things, right? It's not like you met X KPI or some shit. It's, did you live this? Show bias for action. Did you show this? Did you show that? Those are the things that we're judging people on. And so far, it's Alhamdulillah managed to hold. It's not to say no one has ever gotten by and hasn't been not a cultural fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you find that out pretty quick and they realize also. And then it's just simple understanding between them that man, it ain't going to work. Wow. Yeah. It's good to see that this is being put into action, man. Everyone talks a big game. Man, it's one of those things that like, it's one of those cliches, right? About culture where everyone sells it, but no one really gives a shit. No one gets into it. Yeah. But it's it's actually very important, man. And no, I do at topic. Backspace, we make content around this. Like it's literally everywhere. There's papers everywhere that has something or the other to do about like our culture and our value system. Even at Alt, we've got plastered everywhere. Then it has to be drilled in. But yeah. more about like, it's a reflection of yourself too. What you were saying, like, hey, if before the shout out, have that action, like place the 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 value itself. What we're trying to do is make sure that care in just our day to days, we've actually embodied it. But again, from the leadership side, before everybody else can subscribe, yeah. because it has to come from top down, hmm. and it can be encouraged from the bottom up. Yeah, right. And there have been a lot of like you know young people who just come in and brought a different spin to the way things have been done. Yeah. So. That gets encouraged and like, okay, fit it. This guy's hmm. got great ideas. This girl's got a great idea. Yes, do, chalo. And, you know, it's, it's being brought in there. Yeah. But if it's not coming from the top down over there, then it's then you start getting cracks in it. And then mm-hmm. you have these pockets of bad culture developing and, like, yeah. you know, bad habits forming in places. Hmm. And I've seen that so much, man. Yeah. Engro is loaded with it. Every large corporation is yeah, like yeah, yeah. loaded with this. Baltoro wasn't a small ass team, like 10 mm. people, right? Yeah. So this. So and if it wasn't those ten, though, it'd be a problem. Yeah. So when you get when you get too many uh, yeah. people, it always becomes very tough to enforce. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. so far, Alhamdulillah, we've managed to be able to keep it tight. Yeah. Interesting. So I have two last questions for you. Um, based on this entire discussion and what you've experienced, uh, what is your advice to uh, anyone that actually wants to get into, uh, you know, starting off their own venture or a startup or anything? Keeping in mind what the climate is like today. What do you have to know? What sh- Should you even do it in the first place? Because people are asking me and I'm like, well, 
there's never the really right time it's never really the right time man there's so many things that go into it right and i keep trying to be the same thing i said because depending on the market right yeah. like sometimes when everything is in the shitter hmm. your product if it solves a problem then that is the best time for you to yeah. you know actually come out with that product and you've got product market fit at that moment to go with yeah. it right then i would say the single most important thing though i'd say is it's not even about the timing it's not even about investments money coming in all that shit is secondary man mm. uh i'll give you an example right vc money drying up all this space do you know rafi dosal yeah waggles friend. yeah yeah waggles the dude started in his kitchen yeah it's not a vc back company yeah. okay he got investment he got investment from shan people but yeah. he didn't do it through any big connect like yeah. that shan lived in misena's guys who live in misena's building okay so through apne network in janpatan he started making dog food in his kitchen me and ta used to go and pick it up for our dogs okay like wahan se packets mein uthate the he had it vacuum sealed and stuff wahan se but he used to make the batches at home and in 3 years alhamdulillah he's got a factory up and running he's doing cat food now export ki bhi baatein chal rahi thi alhamdulillah yeah. like the guys crushed it right yeah. because his thing aligned perfectly the dollar getting expensive all of this happening rising trend of cats what do what do you call it cats dogs pet ownership is going up and people caring about what their pets eat yeah. more than it was before that regardless of all this other crap it worked right mm. so if you bang on with that it'll do well the single most important thing is that the talk about product market fit i say this is something that screwed me in my last startup which was founder problem fit are you the right person to solve that problem mm. and if you're not doesn't matter if everything else aligns you will not do it and if you are even if shit is tough it'll take you a longer journey yeah. you'll do one venture you'll fail you try it again but yeah. you will make it happen that is the single most critical part yeah. are you the right person to be solving that problem based on experience or knowledge i'm keeping the two separate like are you from the field and capable of solving the problem or is it because you've done your research and your dd and you know everything about it which is why you're really solve problem man more important than that it's man i don't want to say passion is again it's a goddamn cliche but it's it's that man it's like yeah. does it keep you up at night or not because even if you don't have the experience even if you don't have the knowledge mm. if you're that motivated to solve it you will plug that gap in you won't do it today you'll go work in a place so you solve that problem you'll learn mm. you'll get the experience from there you'll do your shit tons of dd but if you do not have that you will always do everything at a very base level mm-hmm. like consultants do right like very fancy looking presentations and you know like back the envelope conversations that will make yeah. a pitch deck but you want to really delve deep into yeah. being able to solve it right mm. a core of you do you want to solve that problem mm. right uh that's that's really where it comes down to and solving problem doesn't mean it has to be altruistic it can be an e-commerce fashion play for all i care man if it's yeah. something you're genuinely genuinely passionate about yeah. right uh some people are they just this is mm. love retail and things like that right so they are if you are that type of person then you're going to be able to bridge the gap and make it happen mm. I never thought of it like that. Hmm? I never thought of it like that actually. But because I for me it's like the passion is a given. You know, yeah. you got to be You'd be surprised man how many people bullshit themselves into thinking they're passionate about solving it but it's not there. Right? Uh-huh. So a lot of these players like it's it's just a good business idea that works in theory and mm. I was one of those, right? I personally hated the problem. Mm. I hate it. I have moved in Islamabad, Lahore, Karachi, 
electrician plumbers this is the biggest pain in my ass Love. so i thought okay this is a problem i face myself i really want to fix it um i had a lot of on paper things that ticked it off yeah. but it came down to the ultimate thing when i really really wanted to solve it mm. i did not give a shit if some auntie in defense is getting her sink fixed at a reasonable cost but i really gave a shit about the life of the carrier mm. and what i wanted to solve was his access to capital which is what i always want to do i was just going about it around about way honest answer is because i was just too big of a pussy to go for fintech direct Mm-hmm. I did a bit of research. I found out everyone is in their mid thirties, late, uh, early forties or so. They have more experience. Mm-hmm. To have an NBFC, I didn't have the qualifications to ever be able to do it. So I'm like, yeah, what's that? What can I do? Find another CEO and tell him, my company can be CEO. Bunja. And all these really yeah. redundant things I realized they don't really matter. Just mm-hmm. made me too scared to go at it directly. So I thought roundabout way, this is what I want to do. But the core thing that I wanted to solve, right? Mm-hmm. That that was consistent. And if I just made a beeline for it from the get go, then I would have been a lot more successful. and i am still kind of doing that that's why i landed credbook that's why i'm doing what i'm doing so now i'm along the long track for this that's but right. that's that's the most fundamental thing it's on paper a lot of people would take it off and think that they've got it right but it's about yeah. how deep you go into really understanding like yeah. it's called first principles thinking is khair completely wrong example of first principles thinking but it's similar to first principle thinking mm-hmm. if i break it down to the most First of all, the thing is about a fundamental, universal truth for the world. Yeah. To break it down to a fundamental truth about yourself, mm-hmm. right? You can get to that core, and be like, "Is this aligning on that level?" Yeah. Then it'll work. Mm. And if not, then it's just you didn't put enough time thinking. You just did some shallow ass shit, and mm, you're just yeah. thinking, "Ah, maybe I can do it. I'll see." It's just one of those models. Some people, by the way, are still successful like that, but they are the lucky ones. Yeah, it they got the momentum and it took a tired and they were able to get an exit at a good time. Yeah. It worked out, but they would never be able to survive a tough time where mm. you really have to pull the grit out. You know, put yeah. your head down and just keep grinding to make it happen. If, if you don't have that alignment right there, mm. you will burn out. You may think you are like the most hardworking person in the world. Mm. One year, two year, three year, you will burn out because it's not a guarantee that's going to happen in three years, five years, one year, six months. Like people look at. Like all the best for them, by the way. Mad respect for Bazaar. Uh, mm. What they've built in the time they've built is crazy huge. Mm-hmm. But that's the Bazaar. Uh. That's the exception to the norm. Yeah. Many of these players are guys who've been at it for years and years and years and mm-hmm. years, and then they're finally cracking and getting in there. Mm. Did one venture fail, then did another one fail, then got another yeah. one in over there. Right. So that long duration of it, uh, you're not going to be able to survive it if you're not really, mm. really aligned on a fundamental level. Wow. Damn, dude. I don't know why you don't like hearing yourself. By the way, you speak with so much passion. You should My be doing this. You should be on this good. side. <laughs> content content is, good. is good. The the audio is is not not fine. It looks, by the way, I have no problem. Some people have this issue. They hate the way they look on camera. Yeah. I have accepted. I am the embodiment of Homer Simpson. I am very chill. <laughs> But it's just the sound of the voice for some reason. Yeah. Very sadhi. Say, but um, aakhi sawal hai aapke liye ki if you could go back in time and you could meet your younger self, what would you say to him? Ah oh, man, I hate this. I do this every night before going to sleep, and it's a different time. Like yah, me chand maru, vaam me chand maru. Ah, the most basic thing I would tell myself is just take a gamble, man. Which is fucking funny, by the way. I'm a natural juari. I gamble huh. like mad on everything, yeah. but a bunch of core critical decisions in my life, right? If I worked out why they you didn't work out, out the way that they did, <laughs> yeah. it's just that I didn't have the balls to just 
do what it simple answer right now what did i study in uh, uni i studied economics is my third best subject hmm. i was better at math physics chem by a mile hmm. i was good enough at economics and i was good at it so i got by but by a mile i was better at those and the only reason i didn't do it was because what did i do for a job i asked everyone in pakistan and they said you can be like a university professor Faraz and even Bahar they say you can work at a hedge fund and get paid shit tons. Maybe I'd have been more chill over there. I said, yeah, but professor, ni banna aur kya karna hai? Zani. I said, fuck it, I'll study it. I'll figure something out, man. Huh. Like, but just having the guts to pursue it through. Yeah. And this, this is whether when I studied it there, whether it's the first startup ideas going for fintech in the first one, whether it's a startup that I decided to do in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Just a couple of core decisions to just say, fuck it, man, I'm going deep into this. There are two critical hires that I could have made. and i was a little hesitant on it saying no i need more research i need more you know hmm. hands on experience and i just didn't take the plunge there and looking back at all of it man i'm just like if i just fucking done it may have worked may not have worked but i know for a fact that this didn't work yeah. so i had better odds just going for it yeah. so that that and that's what i tell everyone man like just take a chance but be very very aware this is obviously coming hmm. from an immense place of privilege that i have i'm yeah. very cognizant of that fact take a chance where the opportunity allows do yeah. not take a risk bigger than you can afford to take right mm-hmm. so simple like even in gambling like people remember this guy who bet away his rent money and he came crying to me saying bro but it was a one outer and he had a straight flush and i'm thinking that's 1 in 52 bro that's 2% chance you play 500 hands a day like you should see that happening at least 10 times you know that's yeah, not yeah. that's not the outlier you're thinking it is even yeah. if the chances are super super slim yeah. if the negative repercussion is something that will wipe you out you absolutely cannot afford it yeah don't don't take the gamble like that yeah. because then you will have a regret right yeah. uh, then then you're being a juari yeah. if you've got enough to be able to take it and say okay if it doesn't work out i can take another shot later or yeah. i'll pivot i'll do something else yeah. then on those you should be big and bold and just have have an inner faith in your what your gut is telling you But yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. This was fun. Thanks for having me. Uh, for all those watching and listening, uh, hope you enjoyed this one. If you have any recommendations for who should be coming on next, let me know. Uh, this is episode twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. Doesn't matter. We're gonna keep going on and on and on. But yeah, see you guys in the next one. Take care. Bye bye.